Hello, Internet. My name is Spamoman. As always, you're a host of Drink to the Past, the only podcast where drink, 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 drunk. Also, share, subscribe, and ring that bell to get notifications every Friday when we go live on YouTube. I am joined by co-host and or guests, which this week is just Chris. Uh, who uh, will it's be just me. Yeah, yeah. Who will, who will be here? Uh, today's Sean Drinks Something Stupid is Kraken. That's it. I, I wasn't creative. I was like, you know what? I want a fucking shot of Kraken. That's what I'm going to drink. It's not really that stupid. No. Actually, Kraken is, like, fantastic and, and not very expensive. So, like, if you like rum, check it out. It's, uh, I'm it's Chris, my go-to uh, Electrical Explosions Audet. Awesome. Because that's what was happening earlier. My, my power was going out a lot. Nice. There was a watery explosion earlier today when I was at Denny's. That was awkward. So, yeah. Was it uh, Pete? Uh, it was something in their bathroom. I don't know. We came in and there was like water like fucking everywhere. And they said, yeah, there's a leak in the bathroom. They didn't say what was leaking, so I don't know if it was some kind of pipe. But then they said they had to close down after we left because they were had like a plumber come out and and check it out and it was going to be like a sixteen thousand dollar repair or something yeah fuck you spiderweb all right gotta move my beer this is that the I, I i just hit my beer with my joy con very gently and i was like oh shit <laughs> that would have been really awkward so so this is a public service announcement to anybody drinking beer and playing skyward sword uh be careful where your beer is positioned i love having a uh uh free floating camera with the other stick now that is like the best addition to this game because that's like legit the one tiny issue that ocarina of time has to this day is that the camera is like slightly die go away sorry uh, fighting over. bats yeah uh is this on switch this is on Switch. Just came out today. On Switch. How, how is the uh, how's the sword controls? Um, I like. How do I get this? This is weird. Maybe I need a boomerang or something. Anyways, um, I I seems pretty fine to me. You can you can see here as I'm. There's there's a little latency, but it's it's not as bad. It's actually really close to what I'm doing on my screen, but there is a little latency between that and what's coming through my capture card for the stream. But uh, it's it's a lot closer to that kind of one to one uh, sword play that was kind of promised in the original Wii version. Uh, you know, it's it's still not like exactly like sword play but it's i i feel like the the joy con makes for uh i i feel like the motion control technology in this is way better than the wii motion plus was anyway uh and and i think it works really well uh i tried the there's button only controls so you can fight by moving the thumbstick uh and i i felt that that was really awkward and janky so i do not recommend that uh, but, like, yeah, ow, fuck, there's a Deku Bob at the top of that, uh, but, you know, if that's something that will get you to play the game instead of, you know, because you're absolutely opposed to, uh, 
motion controls, motion controls then yeah definitely check it out see if it's for you because uh other people have been saying yeah it's kind of weird but it works and it and some people like it better than the motion controls from uh, obviously everything that you will see currently is just early impressions so it's it's hard to really get a read on whether or not this will make a difference but i think the motion controls are unobtrusive enough in this game that like it's not that hard you know you, it's it's light motions with your with your hand uh so you know i i think the only real argument to be made against motion controls is like if you actually have a physical disability and cannot like lightly move the controller for some reason uh and in that case i think that the button only control option is a really cool feature for you know people that would have that issue otherwise um but other than that i feel like if you're complaining about the motion controls, you're ju you're just whiny. I I didn't read what that thing said, but I remember this puzzle. <laughs> you're a dizzy eye now, ha ha. Because you look at my sword like a dumbass. Uh. Yeah, you gotta just spin it. Or uh, so I gotta say, Skyward Sword was one of the Zelda games that I uh, never actually played. Its original inception. Hmm. I feel like, like I'm syncing up the the Joy-Con a lot more uh, than I did with the Wiimote in the original. Like, the the motion control will just be off and I'll have to recenter it, which isn't, like, a big problem, but it's it's just slightly more than it yeah. was. Yeah, well, it's going to explode on me. Was, switches were more of a, I almost want to say, traditional system. Yeah. All right, so Chris, do you want to take us through the news and booze? Uh, -oh. uh yeah, I'll take us through the news and booze. What? It, uh, but before that, what have you been playing other than this? Uh, well, I just started playing this today, so uh, that's <laughs> not most of what I've been playing. Obviously, uh, I beat Miles Morales this week, uh, and that was really cool. I think overall, as a game, I liked it more than the original uh, PS4 Spider-Man. Uh, so if you like that game, then absolutely check out Miles. Uh, the PlayStation 5 upgrades are really cool, too. It's A lot of them I feel like I had to kind of go out of my way to discover, like the uh, looking at the... Uh, is this the first room where I came and the webs have respawned? I feel like that's what's going on here. Hope not, but it looks very similar. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because there's there's the statue. I'll save as long as I'm here, but yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, it it had a really powerful ending too. I f I think the ending was really cool. Uh, I won't spoil anything, obviously, because you know a lot of people I think are waiting to get PS5s in order to play this game. Yeah, this is just a little shortcut here. Okay. Um, oh, and there's another bird statue to save right here. So. Whoop, nope, 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 hold on. I, I push save and quit. I, I just want to save. <laughs> um, yeah, so Miles Morales was really, really good story overall. I think I like the characters and the story presentation better than the first one. It The gameplay literally, it basically gives you every power you had at the end of the first game, and then you get new, unique powers to Miles 
through the story as it progresses. And I think like that's, invisibility or something. Yeah, you get his invisibility uh, is a big one, and he gets these bioelectric powers, so you can like zap punch people and stuff. It's really cool. So there's a ton of uh, it. It it keeps it, uh, you know, unique. It's not just more of the same Spider-Man because, you know, it's a different Spider-Man. He gets different powers, which I think is one of the attractions of Miles Morales as a character anyway. Because if it was just, it's another guy who's Spider-Man, I feel like that would be boring. But it's like, no, you get into all this crazy-ass alternate universe shit, which this one doesn't go into as much. Like, Into the Spider-Verse was all about that alternate universe crazy wacky bullshit uh it, this doesn't have any of that to worry about but it just happens to be set in one of the universes where there is you know uh to spider-man stabbing is apparently slightly difficult <laughs> two doors lead to rooms left and right but they will only open when the gemstones are struck one is above one below okay yeah i think i remember this puzzle like one of the switches is hidden somehow so uh no need to ask what i've been playing because it's just been more dota and also i played a little bit of into the breach uh okay. just enough to get a feel for it and i kind of it's it's one of those games where i feel like uh it, it, for those of you who don't know, it's like a tactical. It, it's like a tactical RPG where you're controlling like mecha and you have to fight off like an alien, hmm. like invasion. So it's kind of like uh, like but aliens. it's more. But the tactics portion of it, and th this is not an original comment. The tactics portion of it, of it feel more like a puzzle than they do like an actual tactics game. I kind of like that idea, actually. Uh, yeah, so it, it's it's pretty fun, but also the game kicks my ass, and when I lose the game, because it's a roguelike, you go all the way back to the start. Mm. Uh, it's it, it's uh, it's pretty demoralizing, and because uh, I can be like, I can tactically think through like several maps, and then I can lose and be like, all right, uh, I kind of don't feel like starting from square one again today, so. Right. I, I, I thought it was enjoyable, but um, it's not like... There's uh, just a couple of, are... of single rupees just lying around here, and I feel like they're traps. Uh, nope, just a rupee. Just, just regular rupees. Just right. I'm like, there are rupee-likes in this game, are there? <laughs> um, um, imagine if there was just a trail of rupees leading somewhere, and then it led up uh, next to a treasure chest, and the treasure chest just took a bite out of you by the time you got there. <laughs> and I don't... I already don't trust everything because it's a mimic, right? Yeah. How to get a D&D &D player to shit bricks in a Zelda game. <laughs> Pull the old James Woods mimic routine on them. And with that, let's uh, get into our news and booze. All right. Well, we'll have to drink some booze then. What you drinking, Chris? I am drinking a Breckenridge Brewery Hot Peak IPA, and I gotta say, because they like just they just bastardized this, they just blasted it with hops. They fucked it up with hops. They they put hops in every amount of it. it 
It definitely got more flavor than the last beer I had on the show. Uh, mm -hmm. But the beer flavor is primarily hops. Right. Ow. Okay. I need fire to blow up that web or something. I've forgotten. Let's see. I can circumvent it for now. If I can aim. Yeah, uh, the hot peak, I feel like, is, like, it's it, it meets all the checkboxes for an IPA. It, it has hops, and it has hops. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty much all you can really say about it. It's, again, be, it's like... To be fair, it's a lot of hops. Mm-hmm. Uh... It is super, super hoppy. But yeah, it's pretty one note. Yeah. Like, it's again, another one that came in that 15 pack, huh? So 15 beers for 15 bucks. Again, you, yeah. like, you can't complain, but at the same time, you can totally complain. <laughs> like, Anheuser-Busch, why do you gotta make things worse? Anyway. Because they're cheap. cheap Valve cheap announces the Steam Deck, a new handheld gaming PC starting at $399, or, you know, $400, if you want to add a dollar, like, some kind of ape. Uh, and I was pleased to find out, uh, not, not that I have int any intention of using this, but I was pleased to find out that this thing can play Dota. Uh, officially yeah. confirmed by Gaben. Okay, so that's kind of interesting. Although, I wonder how it'll play if it'll actually, like, implement controller controls. or Because it's got two touchpads on the sides of it, and it's got a touch screen. So I wonder how exactly they'll implement. Also, it's got keyboard-mouse support. So you could theoretically hook up a keyboard and mouse and play it that way. And at that point, I'm like... This isn't really any more enticing than just a gaming laptop. But, because for me, the attraction is like, it's a handheld game console that you can actually play all your Steam games on. And I, I look at Steam games a lot when they're on Steam sale and stuff, and I'm like, ooh, I could buy that. It's super cheap. And then I don't, because I don't want to play it on my PC. But I, if I had one of these things, then I could, I, I feel like I would get a lot more out of Steam sales, like Thing. all the people do. I, I, I do gotta thing. say, this thing is, uh, oh, you did get a thing. Yeah, it's a dungeon map. Uh, I gotta say, this thing, even if you're not using mouse and keyboard support, which you would definitely need if you're gonna play Dota on it, this thing does look like uh, a uh, yes, 4 controller Ada Switch. Right. <laughs> uh, and... Or it's like it's funny. Everybody's of... like, "Oh, it looks like a big switch," and I'm like, "It looks more like a Wii U gamepad." Why is nobody comparing it to the Wii U gamepad? But then I remember, I'm like one of seven people who owns a Wii U, so yeah, that's it's... why. <laughs> the, the Wii U was the PS3 of that generation. <laughs> yes. Uh. So. The, I'm like, this thing does look appealing to me. I like the design of this thing. I probably would not pick one up myself because I'm an avid PC gamer and right. I'm not going to pick up 
another platform that ooh PC game to just play PC games on. Right. Um, but in terms of like design, I like the design of it. I, I like the design of the Switch, and I like the design of the PS of the various PlayStation controllers. So why wouldn't I like something that's like a combination of that design? Yeah, it seems to be like a pretty competent version of it. Yeah, I think it looks okay. A lot of people are saying they don't like the uh, layout for the uh, for the joysticks and the buttons and stuff. I'm like, it's for me. It's one of those things that you really just gotta hold it in order to really be able to tell. I'm like, if I can't hold it, you know, in my hands, I can't really make that call because it it could be fine. It, it the placement looks strange it's not standard like we're used to having like you know the joystick and buttons vertically from Isn't each it, other like, and it's kind of weird to yeah. have um to be like to man- be manipulating the joysticks and then need to like pull your thumb backwards off of them closer to your hand to hit the buttons but it's not that weird i w- mm-hmm. yeah i i agree with I would have to hold it in I my I just spent all my stamina sure. failing to hit a spider web. <laughs> oh, congratulations. Yeah. That's that uh, thing got off again. Because I'm, yeah. I'm trying to do a vertical. There it goes. But it's it's difficult sometimes if, if your tracker gets off. So. Then you got to recalibrate. Yeah. I mean, it's just you push a button and it recenters. So it's not like it's hard or anything. But it's like if you... If you don't think about it, because I haven't had to do anything like that in a game in a long-ass time, it's, like, just another thing to think about. A bunch of World of Warcraft players are jumping ship to play Final Fantasy XIV. So many that the game has sold out all of its physical and digital co- Wait, how does it sell out its fucking digital copies? What? That was something I wondered. So I, I read an article on this uh, on IGN or someplace, and uh, it's... Kind of interesting. Basically, what happened is that they uh, sold so many online copies that the digital storefront ran out of codes to deliver in order to download it. So players were getting errors because the store could not give them a code so it, it wouldn't let you buy them they, because they, it, the store was out of codes, which I don't know how they generate codes. I would assume it's like a random thing from an algorithm or something, but I, do, I don't really know how that works. But I just thought that this was absolutely fucking hilarious that they managed to sell out a game on a digital Jubilee. storefront. Yeah, that's uh, that's crazy. Phoenix. Uh, okay. I, I have no idea how those goods are generated either. I, I I'd assume the same thing you would. But yeah. How the how the fuck do you run out of that? What, 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 who's running your digital uh, store there, Square Enix? I'm looking at Steam and they don't look like they're having that problem. But then it says you need a Square Enix North America account to play. So maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, I also have to say that uh, because I will not give money to Blizzard. Square Enix is, I think, a less scummy company. Yeah, generally, I'm okay with what Square Enix does. They're they're, they're never like 
in the news for shady shit. Every now and then they're in the news for like some weird, dumb, dumb shit. stupid shit, but it's like it's not yeah, usually it's... like fucked up. Like, as far as gaming companies go, they're not exceptionally worse than the others. Yeah, that's a good uh, way to put it. Uh, but yeah, it's it's funny too because a lot like I guess this was partially spurred by a couple of like big world of warcraft streamers jumped ship from world of warcraft and started streaming final fantasy 14 instead and uh i thought that was kind of interesting because basically it sounds like they're all complaining about the gameplay loop being very grindy in order to keep you upgrading your gear to where to the point where it's like you can actually start doing the big raids and, and things like that, and then you have to restart when the next expansion comes out from square one and do it all again and grind and grind and grind and grind until you have the max level and the best gear again. And I'm like, this is the shit that I was complaining about when I played World of Warcraft in Wrath of the fucking Lich King, bro. No, what? I gotta... It's I gotta still ask. going on and you're finally fucking listening to me what what changed their minds what what was the point where like oh this much grind that's too much i'm gonna jump ship to another mmo which is also gonna have grind in it because right, it's yeah. a fucking mmo yeah i mean admittedly that's probably gonna be a problem with final fantasy 14 too but yeah i'm like you know it's it's a weird weird situation and you know, at the very least, I think it's hilarious. I mean, I'm not going to complain about Blizzard's fall from grace here. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's it's. I think this is hilarious though, because when Final Fantasy XIV came out, like people joked about it being the World of Warcraft killer, and now like it might actually be happening, and that's fucking hilarious. Because when it came out, nobody liked Final Fantasy XIV. I remember everybody I heard talk about it that had played it was just shitting all over it. Uh, so I think it's kind of funny to see, you know, how it's kind of come back around. That's, uh, yeah, that's, uh, well, if I ever have an MMO, I want to actually give a shot. I might play Final Fantasy XIV play a white mage or some shit. I don't know. Yeah, that'd be all right. I, I just want to be like a fucking Moogle Dragoon. Just jump on bitches with a spear. You know what? If, if you start playing that game, let me know. <laughs> I might. See if they put that... Like, every other Final Fantasy game is on Game Pass now. Put that on Game Pass. Listen to me, yeah. Xbox. I have good ideas. Uh, let's see. Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl announced for uh, PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch. This is the game that I least expected to blow up this year. Like, everybody on the internet is flipping their shit and so hyped for this. And it's like... I wasn't myself, but, like, everybody, like, getting so hyped about it was like, alright, I'm gonna watch the trailer, see what I think. And the trailer is like, it starts out with, like, a bunch of, you know, somewhat generic nicktoons people that i'm like i kind of remember them from at some point but i'm not like okay the ninja turtles are in that's kind of neat they have you know they they have their own games 
And then fucking out of nowhere, the trailer is just like, Invader Zim is in, and I'm like, I'm buying this shit. (laughs) Fuck yes. Invader Zim in a fucking game where I can... I guess people are just... Yeah, it's it's a interesting crossover because it's got a lot of like the '80s and '90s Nickelodeon cartoon characters as well as some of the modern ones. So I think it's kind of neat. I don't know if it's going to be great, but it's at least got a, a roster that's interesting enough to get me into it. It uh, according to the box art, it looks like it's also going to have some of the characters from Avatar and some of the some other characters confirmed are like. Um, uh, who else was confirmed? Um, Reptar. SpongeBob. SpongeBob is in there, yeah. And Patrick. And I'm like, okay, I could see myself main in Patrick. And fucking Reptar from Rugrats. I'm like, dude. <laughs> I, I guess people are really fucking excited to see, like, Rocco beat the shit out of Jimmy Neutron or something. I don't, I don't know. Right? Yeah, I don't know if either of them specific. There's somebody from Rocco's Modern Life... Uh, but I never actually watched that show, so I couldn't tell you, like, who it was. I was more of a Cartoon Network kid, which is partially why I was, like, so non-hype about this before, but, like, the big exception to my, uh, being a Cartoon Network kid is Invader Zim. Like, I think that's, like, one of the best shows ever made. It's so fucking great. I gotta say, yeah, I'm kind. Of, I think you and me are the ones who were kind of the Cartoon Network kids when a lot of more so than uh, than a lot of the other. Yeah, a lot of our generations from our people, generation, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's like yeah, I'd be more excited to see like Ed beating the shit out of Billy just because, right? That'd and it's be funny, though, because, like, there was totally a Cartoon Network-style game kind of like this. I don't remember exactly who was in it, but it had at least Samurai Jack and Johnny Bravo. And I was like, that looks neat enough for that I want to get on board with this. But it didn't catch any hype at all. And I was like, eh, nobody's talking I... about it. It's probably, like, just some jank-ass game that they made for cheap just to get it out there. I don't even know. And this might be that, too. I don't don't even know. Like, this might just be total jank. Like, look at us. We hired some studio you never heard of that was cheap as shit to make a game. But then we put in all of the 80s and 90s guys, so you're hype as fuck. Okay. I I hear about shit like this, and I ask myself if we're being punked. Like, if all the excitement isn't just a meme. Right? (laughs) I, that that's how I feel about that. It could be. All right, the the Zelda cartridge that we talked about last week got one ups by a new inbox Mario sixty four game, which now holds the world record at one point five million dollars for a single game. Holy shit! Yeah. Uh, let's see if I have my Mario sixty four cartridge somewhere here. It's used, so even yeah. if it gets like a tenth of that. Right. Probably not, because like people are questioning why exactly it went for so much. Because, like, it is the highest-graded Mario 64 cartridge of all time, or something, which it was, like, sent into a grading company, and I guess it received a 9.8 grade, I think is what it was. I don't know exactly what that means, because I've never, like, paid attention to grading video games, because when I buy video games, I instantly take them out of the box, and I play them like this shit that I am playing right now that I bought today. (laughs) 
So <laughs> I will never see work. that much money. But yeah, well, like the last Mario work, 64 cartridge was like graded 0.1 points lower at a 6 or a 9.7 or something like that. And it was like not even close to as much. It was like $30,000, which is still like a shitload of money, but it's not like one and a half million fucking dollars for a game you're never going to play. Oh my god. <laughs> All right, so I was not able to find my Mario 64 cart. Uh, I guarantee that uh, when I do find it, it will not be a 9 point whatever grade. Right. <laughs> uh, I don't know what their grading scale is. I, I assume I it's like, out of 10? I don't know. But I think I think grades were like for like mint condition near mint like brilliant brilliant yeah i there, there was i remember reading something back when i was looking at um like i think coins there's like a grading scale for coins that's really similar uh so i i, I don't know what's making this this is yeah may, maybe someone just wanted to make sure that mario stayed on top and he's like fuck Zelda. right uh, anyway, uh, last piece of news and booze, and I feel like this one, it was like, I would be sad about this one if, uh, it mattered, I guess? If it, if it wasn't immediately getting replaced with something else, Final Fantasies 1, 2, 5, and 6 will be delisted from Steam and mobile on July 27th. Final Fantasy 1 and 2, you know, only being on mobile, uh, because the, they were, like, airbrushed pixels redone by an intern and they look really crappy uh and they're getting replaced by the pixel remaster it's hard for me to see this as a bad thing when it's immediately getting replaced by the better version right it's something that people are arguing about as a game preservation thing which i kind of get i don't know i can't speak to the steam versions so i thought this might be an interesting topic of discussion but i i don't know because i've never played the steam versions i've played the original versions on nes and i've played the remakes on psp and ps1 and game boy advance because i'm a fucking whore uh, but <laughs> i you know i've never played specifically the steam versions um i think one of the things was that i think one of them is like like the remake of Final Fantasy One on Steam. I think that version is uh, has some of the extra content that they put in, which I played, and it was really cool extra content that they added, like as end game content. There is content. no Final Fantasy One on Steam. There's no Final Fantasy. I thought it said Final Fantasy One was one of them that was getting delisted in the so tweet. That's, I could that's be wrong. Mobile, that is mobile only. Okay, um, that one's getting delisted from mobile. Oh wait, what the. F what the actual fuck? Oh, you can pre-purchase the um the pixel remaster. Pixel remaster. One? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. But... So yeah, I must have just read the article wrong then. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but those come with extra content, and apparently the pixel remasters are new remasters of the original versions, so they are not remastering or including any of the extra content that was put in there which I think is kind of a shame because the extra dungeons that they put in Final Fantasy 1 when they remade it on Game Boy Advance and PlayStation well, are fucking shame. great. And it's what? like like they had like one of them had like all of the bosses from Final Fantasy 4 in it 
and I, I was just like, this is such a cool, like, uh, throwback to literally that, my favorite Final Fantasy game. That makes me significantly less excited for the Final Fantasy 1 and 2 remasters then, mm-hmm. because that extra content is kind of like, oh, I wanted to see, like, the fully included version, and then just, yeah. like... Because it's like, if they were replacing it with, like, like the definitive version, then it would be like, alright, that's fine. But, yeah, it's not really a definitive version because it's got content that is missing from a different version. So it's like, it's hard to know what to make of it. Yeah, that's that's a real shame. Um, Tell them, hey, don't do that. Mm -hmm. Can I get in from that door? I've been wandering around in circles for, like, too long, partially because it's hard to concentrate on this in the conversation at the same time, but I'm just like, where is it? I gotta get there. So I gotta get up there somehow. Can I reach there from here? No. Can't climb anything like Breath of the Wild, Link. Come on, you fucking sissy. Well, that was our last piece of news and booze, and that carried a sudden surprising twist for me. Uh, an unfortunate one where mm-hmm. I don't get the to actually play like the with the bonus dungeon content stuff that I would have liked to that was included in like the Game Boy Advance versions and PSP versions yeah. and all that. So I that's think I still have the Game Boy Advance version. You can borrow it. <laughs> I got I got I know I got the PSP version. I, oh, I'm not sure if I still have the Game Boy Advance version. Or not. I'd have to have look to through my em- GBA games. I may have to emulate the PSP version. Mm-hmm. Th- that's the weird thing about uh, these remasters mm-hmm. is if you decide to do them differently in a, on, then you can't really get the same experience out of them. Right. Uh, so to and because games are treated like product to be sold and a lot of the time even with these remasters um because you can't get that same experience, you kind of gotta emulate, or you're just SOL. Uh, Found it. Which is kind of a shame. Yeah, that's one of those things, because I'm like, I got a PSP and an original UMD of Final Fantasy 1, but most most people don't. That That yeah. is not a thing that most people have, I think. I'm also, not sure my- most people have ever had a PSP, I don't think that console sold that well, if I remember right. It was, like, kind of underwhelming. I do have a PSP, but it's completely unusable because the battery... The batteries, apparently, were pretty notorious for, like, puffing up and getting close to exploding. Mm -hmm. And uh, my PSP was no exception. It was in that condition when I found it, which... uh, Which means that, hey, yeah, I do have a PSP, but I would have to emulate it anyway. Yeah, that's that's one of those things. Um, my battery had issues. Like, if I didn't play my PSP for a couple of days, it would, like, just the battery would die so hard that I would have to, like, plug it in for several hours, and then it would come back and I'd have to reset the date and time and all that, and manually reset the entire system uh it, it would like it would keep my save data so it was okay but it was like i feel like it should not take that long 
it is weird that we have old pieces of hardware like this that have these issues that emulation just doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely... Definitely kind of odd. Uh, well, that's our last piece of news and booze. Shall we move on to the video game topic? Yeah, I suppose we can go into the video game topic. So now I gotta play a, a tune because that's the rules. Uh, yeah. You you didn't play Hammer Throws. Yeah, I, I I apparently forgot to do the news and booze theme song, so I'll I'll do both of them. I had a slight squeak in there for my... I think my reed's getting a little old, because so, it's been doing that more lately. It's funny to have a reed on uh, on an electronic bagpipes like that. Uh, this one isn't my electric. This is my uh, just plain old one, so I got to blow in it and stuff. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Let's see. A video game topic... Are games with more character customization better? Yeah. Are they I mean, indeed? Yeah. Uh, you you think they are? Uh, I I'm inclined to think that that's always been a selling point for me whenever I look at buying games. It was like, how much customization can I do to this? And the more, the better. Doesn't matter if I actually end up using it, but that's like. Uh, a feature that counts for a disproportionate amount of how much I like a game, or like how much a game appeals to me. Yeah, that's that's kind of fair. I, I feel like there it's it's a little bit of a double-edged sword because like every time I have a game that has super high customization, I feel like none of it matters and that all of my dialogue options are just going to be totally generic and pointless uh there's few exceptions to that like i feel like you get really good meaty role-playing in a customizable character in like star wars knights of the old republic as an example uh but i feel like that's kind of an outlier like in any Elder Scrolls game ever, you have really cool customization. You have deep customization of not just the mechanical side of yourself, but also the appearance. And, like, it doesn't really matter. You can play that game, any of them in the series, any way you want, and, and still 
be fine in the game and have a good time and and you know there's not it's a role-playing game but there's not really all that much you know role-playing role insofar as character yeah it, yeah there's there's some amount of it because like you're technically talking to all these people and occasionally choosing dialogue options and but but really the what it comes down to is that uh like like you're you're you don't have any character interaction is is the big problem with it right because you you're technically role-playing but you're not your character doesn't interact they don't talk they don't do anything like this guy here you see this this here guy he emotes more than any guy in skyrim as as customers <laughs> as they are you know and i think link is like one of the most faceless people of all time <laughs> i i think that issue is more particular to bethesda games or games that have character customization that's kind of poor uh, or, or not I, I guess it's not poor isn't the right word because they still got the character customization it's just that the role playing isn't the focus because I right. know pretty much most of the Bioware games up to the point that I kind of stopped playing Bioware games uh, did that pretty well in terms of making the person you were feeling uh, playing feel like a character of their own and have like a dynamic with their the group they were traveling with Mm-hmm. Um, the, I'm like that. That's like a Bioware staple, almost. I would want to say. Uh, and I know there's a lot of other customizable RPGs that do that pretty well, and where you get kind of you, you kind of have a bunch of options in how to play. Not the least of which is Fallout New Vegas, right? Um, where you definitely have. A huge amount of ways you can approach a situation, and also you can make yourself look. It's got it's got the whole Oblivion Fallout Three character customizer, but Fallout Three doesn't let you role play in the same way New Vegas does. Mm -hmm. If you really wanted to look for contrast in the games, and then you have games on the other end of the spectrum, like uh, what was it, Code Vein? Where basically your character is a blank fucking slate who never talks, and then you have other characters around them that are like generic anime archetypes, mm -hmm. and they still end up having more personality because they emote at all. Yeah. Was that the one that everybody was like showing off their customized characters in, would had like one of the best like aesthetic customizers ever made? And people are making yeah. all sorts of different guys in them. Um, because <clears throat> that looked neat. I didn't actually play it, uh, but it it I did almost think about it just for the fact that like there was so much surrounding the uh, <clears throat> character customizer. Uh, yeah, that I mean, character customizer is why I picked that up, and the gameplay was pretty fun. It was pretty solid. Um, but. But, like, the story of the game is just not good, I guess. Mm -hmm. I... It's, uh, the story of the game is, uh, 
it's it's got a bunch of like moments set up in it where they're supposed to be like big and emotional, but because they never did any of the legwork of making you care about what you're seeing, uh, they just don't do anything. And that's that's more like a writing problem. That's not like a character customization problem. Right. You could get that in a game with no customization. Uh, Mini boss here. So, I will say, custom character customization games, like it probably wouldn't be appropriate for Undertale. Right. Uh, at, which is a game you played. And it's like, yeah, you got your character very much looks like a blank slate kid. Yeah. Uh, but to the point where it's like people are arguing on the internet what what gender you even are if you if you are a gender. I, I feel like yeah. there was a canonical answer and and everybody argued about it anyway. There, there was no canonical answer. Was it there? Was, uh, it was intentionally that the I, other than. Now the you know where this annoying ass thing comes from Super Smash Brothers, right? If you haven't played this game before. This is what like the most pain in the ass thing in Smash Ultimate. <laughs> oh the beetle that picks you up and carries you yeah, off. Yeah, it's just like, guy. yeah, I'm gonna carry you off of the edge <laughs> now and, and, and you die. And you're like, fuck you! And sometimes if you mash buttons you can get out of it, but it doesn't seem to like actually I, I don't know if that's how you get out of it. it. It might just be luck that it randomly drops you sometimes. I have no fucking clue, because sometimes I'm, like, mashing buttons forever, and it's, like, a long way up, and it still just, like, one-shots me. I'm like, why, man? Why? I, I remember getting some opportunistic kills on you with that. Yeah. Uh... I remember I'll, I didn't like, even understand what the one-up flag was <laughs> until you uh, got one, and I was like, wait a minute, hold on, that's not fair, I'm turning that shit off. Like, that's the one thing in the game that I'm just like, <laughs> nope, that's bullshit. You know what, That that's fine, that item <laughs> is bullshit. Uh, let's see. There's this tiny plant here, and it looks like I should uh, be able to cut it. There is oh, something to be said earlier. about character customization not working for a game where um, the character is... And the kind of character customization where you like make the character look the way you want them to. Uh, there is a thing to be said for that not working for a game that actually wants like their protagonist character that you play to be a very particular kind of character. Because um, mm -hmm. when it make a lot of sense to have a character oh that's how you activate that's you flip that uh it wouldn't make a lot of sense to have that character uh look like anything um the only game that i know in game series i can think of that uh does that and has done it successfully uh is probably saints row hmm and that's mostly because no matter what your character looks like, they come off as like egotistical enough to look like however crazy you make them uh, and then still be entertaining. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's... But... I, I Honestly, Saints Row is like kind of throw, throwing a whole wrench in my uh, 
no character customization thing because that character has a shitload of personality and you don't really pick what they say. Uh, and it still ends up working out. Hmm. That's kind of interesting. I feel like that works in most Fire Emblem games with your avatar character. Uh, the outlier being Three Houses. Byleth is a shit character that, because you don't say anything. You have no actual dialogue with anybody and that really is like really the driving thing that makes me come back to fire emblem is seeing you know the conversations between the all the unique characters and things like that that's my favorite thing about it it's a very character driven game series for me fire emblem is a game that's very much about the interpersonal dynamics and, yeah. You know, also, permadeath, making sure that it hurt hurts extra hard if you lose those people. Right. Yeah. And, uh, with Corin and um, Robin, it seemed like they did that pretty well in terms of. Yeah, I thought both of them were personality. like. Yeah, they weren't like overly. They weren't the best characters. They were still a blank enough that it like worked well as an avatar character and you could kind of superimpose your own personality on it which i think is part of the attraction of having that avatar character in some cases uh maybe not the attraction but i think that's something that developers and and writers go for you know i think that's a specific reason why they write characters like that sometimes uh yeah uh and it was kind of cool because actually both of them also you could like pretty much make into any class mechanically too i think uh so it's like again you're hitting all the notes of customization and hitting most of the notes of uh of still being an okay character but i feel like it's it's a hard thing to balance and I, I think it could be better for the character if they were just a character. Because the best Avatar character in the Fire Emblem series, in any of the Fire Emblem games that I've played, is probably toss-up between Lin and Ike. Lin's not technically your Avatar character. Technically, you also have a character in that game, but you literally yeah. never see their or face. Someone. And they yeah. never say any dialogue. Uh... So you're running all the battles, but yeah, it's don't like know anything it, about them. in that case, it's more like they're literally talking to you. So you can, again, kind of superimpose yourself on the conversation. But uh, but with Ike, he's clearly the main protagonist and he's the tactician, according to the, you know, canon and all that. So uh, I feel like that's where it, it gets to be a better thing for the characterization is when the writing team actually creates a custom character that they develop through the course of the game and all that and they actually give them you know personality and their own lines and all that uh i don't think any of the avatar characters really stand up to ike as for characterization and ike isn't like he's he's a little bit anime generic dude right shonen protagonist kind of so but 
the fact that he has his own name means that he can be written to have like his own personality quirks yeah. without it being like what what the fuck who the fuck is this protagonist on planet right yeah uh and i i guess i guess saints row particularly in saints row 2 uh, the character had a bit of that who the fuck is this guy I'm playing even though like I chose like their appearance and how they dress and what they sound like and all that stuff. Right. Uh, they're still Because they're their own character, they end up doing some, uh, in like some bonus missions, they end up doing some not cool shit mm -hmm. that will make you if you're like trying to look for like a sympathetic kind of character which you shouldn't, it's Saints Row uh, you, right. you're gonna be in for a nasty surprise. Mm -hmm. they, they're like a thorough they're like a through and through scumbag huh uh, but uh, I was like I definitely didn't mind that I, I thought that was plenty entertaining yeah so so I guess it's um character customization not right for every game but uh in the games that can make that can make it work that it won't like derail the concept of uh, I always appreciate it. Yeah. That's kind of my final take on things. It, it, it really sort of depends on the game, too, because sometimes the game really just needs to make use out of uh, customization rather than out of, you know, that's the attraction of some games is the customization. Because, like I said, the characterization kind of sucks in, you know, uh, Skyrim, but the customization is awesome, and that's one of the fun things about Skyrim is is creating, you know, a Nord Sword for the seventy fifth time because you created three other characters one time and tried them for fifteen seconds and thought, well, that was neat, but I really need to be a Nord Sword. It's it's funny because it's a, uh, I'm pretty sure you and I are the people who play Nord Swords, and everybody else plays Stealth Archers. That that's the. Could be. That's the meme I've seen going around <laughs> years yeah, ago. I'm a Nord Sword. Every every time, I've I've made different characters in both games. Uh, both games that I've spent a lot of time in. I didn't spend as much time in Oblivion, so I've just made a Nord Sword in that. So but, yeah, it's yeah, it's uh, I feel like. Even if the Elder Scrolls games had a uh, like a defined character, I don't feel like the role playing would be much better for it because I don't feel like that's their strength typically. Yeah, it's and okay. Anyone who's played a Elder Scrolls Red Guard, let me know if I'm full of shit or not. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's. Like, it will probably be to the detriment of your characterization if you make a highly customizable character in your game. But that's not to say that you can't make a highly customizable character be an interesting thing to play anyway. That can be an attraction of a game anyway. Yeah. What the hell was that? Oh, it's just I a bunch of hearts. I feel like the main reason games typically don't have character customization and then like good roleplay opportunities or like is because those concepts are kind of hard to balance and it leads to exponentially more work. 
it's not because it's totally unfeasible, it's just because it's difficult to do those two things together. Yeah. So, if you put character customization in a game, and then that character also has, like, good dynamics, like, good good roleplay opportunities, you, like, write them well, and then you write, like, the rest of the game well, uh, yeah, I'll happily play with you. <laughs> mm-hmm. This requires too much focus for a stupid puzzle. <laughs> it's the you same puzzle again, but I gotta right. pay attention to my, yeah, exactly my position and all that. <laughs> Open all the eyes, and then you gotta spin them. Yep. I got a key. Oh god, a key. Uh, is that all we gotta say about character customization, Joe? Yeah, I think we generally got it out there. Like, it, it's a great thing. But sometimes it can be a detriment. And sometimes it's okay to be a detriment. And every now and then, you get a really ridiculously special thing like Knights of the Old Republic where it just fucking works on every single level. Or, you know, Mass Effect or the Dragon I've heard Age. that about Mass Effect, yeah. Uh, I've, I've only Gate. very briefly played... Mass Effect and Dragon Age, uh, actually. Uh, I played, like, the intros of both of those games and then never came back to them for no particularly good reason. Well, I, I always harp on the Baldur's Gate series, particularly Baldur's Gate 2, and for mm -hmm. characterization, I would say. This is another Baldur's place Gate. where I always bring up the fact that I've only ever played Dark Alliance, which was not really Baldur's Gate. It's not really Baldur's Gate at all. Well, I guess Baldur's Gate 3 is coming out, but... That's handled by a whole different company and different writing staff and yeah. everything. And di different, three editions later of D&D &D and totally different storyline. So, uh, I don't know what relation it has to the original Boulder's Gate other than, you know, being partially set in Boulder's Gate. Uh, so, I, 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 I trust Larian Studios to usually do a good job with that, but uh, I also don't... It, it, it's not going to be the same. Right. Everything is different. I can't play a half-elf, fighter, mage, cleric, multi-class that can get ninth-level, seventh-level spells. And oh, wait, can I use a beetle for this? I can't power games hard. You should be able to use the beetle, I don't yeah, think. I feel, I feel like I can cut off their vines. Yeah, that was it. Okay. <laughs> I'm all sitting here trying to target them from too far away and shit. Uh, Beetle is slightly yeah. awkward to control with the motion controls. Th that's something that I wish they had, like, an option to pick, like, what things do and don't use motion controls. Because, like, I like the motion controls for sword fighting. I tried it with the thumbstick, and I did not care for it with the thumbstick. I don't like them for the beetle. But, yeah, I, I don't think they're necessary for the beetle. I don't like them for the loft wing flying. I'm like, some of these things I want to have motion controls, and some of these things I don't. But in order to literally switch between them, you have to go into the menu and push motion controls off or button controls off or, or, or pick your whichever setting. And it's like... It's cool that they're there, but I wish it was a little more customizable. Ow. I expected him to... Yeah. There we go. Oh, nope. Gotta get all three heads. Uh, eh. 
Are you going to play us off with the tabletopic theme? Yes, as soon as I kill this Gleok guy here. Maybe. But I only got one of his heads. Eh. I mean, his heads aren't flying off and shooting fireballs at you, so he's kind yeah. of a shitty Gleok. Yeah, he's he's not nearly as cool as the Zelda 1 Gleok. I am getting my ass kicked. You know what? That means I want to see that in Breath of the Wild, too. That is what I've been Gleok. saying for ah, fucking... For 500 years? Yeah. There. Okay. <laughs> Just fucking He's wail on it. Sword. Yes, that that is the yeah. secret I have learned to everything. It's just just fucking spam your sword. It's okay, unless they're like in, in it, it, when you're in the levels where they're like electric zappy dukes, then you have to actually pay some attention occasionally. Anyways, the table topic. customization in the system change this i'm actually interested in hearing your thoughts on this one first because i got i got a lot yeah uh so this is an interesting thing that chris and i have at least spoken a little bit about before but never like had a a big discussion about because one of the things that bugs us about a lot of tabletops is that character creation takes fucking forever that that is an issue with some tabletops, particular even like Dungeons and Dragons. Sometimes, when you you know when we both know the system very well, uh, for uh, at least certain editions of D and D, like uh, I was actually working on a character. Uh, I've been working on it off and on for the past few weeks since my character in one of my campaigns died. Uh, I've been making a new character, and I have spent. I think probably about eight hours total on on that character and it's not even like high level it's like we're level um 13 so we're I mean, like that's it's, it's like mid that's reasonably high yeah it's it's like mid-level right it's not you have to get into the ridiculous complicated bullshit, but you have to do a certain amount of complicated bullshit. Um, and part of the reason it took so long is that I, like, uh, I made it like a rogue ranger kind of cross-class hybrid thing, and I thought that would be kind of neat. And then uh, our buddy Owen enlightened me to the fact that there's another class that's basically a hybrid ranger rogue class is that the scout it's uh I'm, I'm, i was trying to think of what it was called ah ah they're coming from both sides 
Shake the rope! Oh, shake no. the rope! Get off! That's not good. Got him! <laughs> okay. <laughs> there we go. Oh, I need the boss key over there. I wonder if there's anything else to do over there. It's I'm watching on balancing, YouTube but it's, so I'm it's about slow about as shit. Delay there. Right. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, it's like, and and now I'm looking at it again because Owen sent me a homebrew class that's somewhat synergistic with what I've been doing, and I'm looking at like. Am I going to, like, basically rebuild this character a second time? Because <laughs> I, I rebuilt it basically from the ground up when I discovered this new class. I, I didn't completely rewrite it, but I had to be like, okay, am I dropping Rager levels? Am I dropping Rogue levels? Uh, how am I gonna, you know, what abilities do I lose to... Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> I fell in a hole. Um... I can't really oh, recommend there. not falling at holes. Yeah, it, it looked like I couldn't reach that. I was like, what the hell? I'm not sure why I didn't reach that the first time. And this, shaking the rope should not be a motion control. I I should not have to whack off to swing on the rope. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. I'm not a fan of whacking off to swing on rope. I, I Now, whacking off to charge up my lightsaber in, in No More Heroes, that is fine. But swinging yeah. on a rope, doesn't no require thanks, man. It doesn't require precision. You just gotta really go at it right. to charge up your lightsaber. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's I'm, see. I'm sorry, beam so, katana, so they don't I, get sued. I will say in uh, 3.5, I have had several 20th level or so character builds take like an entire work day to put together. I really suck at jumping at ropes, apparently. I mean. But yeah, at, at 20th level, it, it takes even longer sometimes, and it, it's not that that's, like, a terrible thing, because you get, like, a ridiculous amount of customization about out of that, in theory. You know, it, it, it really depends, because there's so many ways in, specifically in 3.5, to build your character. So, and, and that's... To some extent, the attraction of... Oh, fuck. <laughs> I accidentally ran off the opposite cliff. I'm going to start drinking every time I fucking run off a cliff like a dumbass. Oh, man. Uh, I'll be dead in a few minutes. I would say... That way I don't have to <laughs> worry about it. <laughs> I, would, I will say, uh, comparing, say... 3.5 to Mutants and Masterminds, which is a point-build, like, superhero system. Uh, Mutants and Masterminds, I would say, has more flexibility in character creation in terms of the kind of character you can build and put together. And it takes significantly less time to put together. And it's also a D20-based system. Um, so... It, so it's, what it's the fuck, like, wizards? <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, and it's because 3.5, uh, a lot of the character customization 3.5 is about, like, mechanical optimization and, like, putting together the character as best you can using 
basically pre-made pieces. It's like you have a jigsaw puzzle where everything is cut out in certain shapes, and you got, like, a lot of shapes. You got, I, I guess, several jigsaw puzzles. The metaphor is falling apart quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, but you, uh, but you gotta figure out how to put them together in, like, a complete picture. You, you gotta figure out how to put together the picture you want using those pre-made pieces, and it's necessarily just gonna be that much uh, harder to put it together, whereas um, Mutants and Masterminds, comparatively speaking, at least, is more like handing somebody a pencil and a pen and being like, alright, get to drawing the picture you want. So that's gonna be a lot quicker. Yeah, that's kind of fair. And to some extent, I actually enjoy the long, complicated process of that puzzle. Like, there is some attraction in that. You know, at a certain point, it gets egregious, though. It's like, I like the thought project of creating a character that is good at blank. You know, what whatever that happens to be. And 90% of the time, I, I get away with it by feet building a fighter differently. <laughs> you know, I, I have built so many fighters, and they have all played so differently between 3.5 and Pathfinder specifically, and occasionally, like, 5th edition or whatever, depending on what our group is playing. But our group has stuck with 3.5 and Pathfinder a lot over the years. So, I, I guess what I would say about character customization is that um there's like we've also played like what is it hero system yeah so so you've made characters in both hero system and mutants and masterminds sean yeah uh which of those would you say you think is easier to build a character which one was mutants and masterminds was that the one where we played nova c uh, no, that was Wild Talents. I've, I think Wild, Wild Talents. Talents is the easiest of those. But Yeah, Wild Talents is a good, easy system to build in, I think, if I remember yeah. right. From So that that is a possibly another good recommendation for you if you're interested in this conversation. It's this loser. Yeah. Uh, but, no, uh... Mutants and Masterminds was four color double tap where you played your uh, your steam necromancer. Yes. Okay. And then later we played. I, I played. Later did I play Doc in that system or was that a? No, that was in. Uh, you made Doc an NPC in that system. Oh yeah, that was the time I DM'd a game without ever playing the system before or looking at the rulebook one time because. Yeah. I am that much of a fucking wing it game master. <laughs> I'm just like, I can do this. I'm just going to write the content and then I'm going to balance it on the fly as the players are going. And everybody seemed to like enjoy it and it was okay. And also I cut off my notes like in the middle of a sentence. Like I, I just didn't finish my sentence when I had to stop writing my notes. And I, I think I printed them out and everything. And I was like looking at my notes. I'm like, well, fuck, I... I didn't even finish my sentence. But I had enough of an idea in my mind of what dumb shit we were going to do that it worked. Okay. Yes. So, Necromancer. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I had a shitload of fun in that system. 
and I don't feel like I was making a character for forever, and I feel like I had a very unique set of skills that to replicate in 3.5 D&D would have taken a lot more high power level of a person and to make all of those things. And, and, and yeah, you would have spent way fucking longer. And now, admittedly, again, that's part of the attraction to an extent of D&D is the thought project of how do I make my character good at this and this and this. But at, at the end of the day, I really kind of like having lower level characters that have more shit to do. Because, like... I can thought project a 20th level fighter all fucking day. A 10th level fighter all fucking day. Even 5th level. But like when you start a campaign and you are a fighter, you take fucking power attack. That is your entire fucking build. If you don't do it, you are worthless to the party. Like maybe toughness if you really want to be the tank. Fighters who (laughs) don't take power attack are building wrong. Yeah, pretty much. Like, like toughness, I feel like you could argue, is building incorrectly as a fighter. Like, uh, tough, Yeah, toughness is wrong. Toughness yeah. is wrong. Anything other than power attack is wrong on a fighter. Yeah, and, and so... If you want to play someone who wields two weapons, play a ranger or a rogue. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, unless you're, you know, further into it and you're just you know, like, able to create a character... Because I created a dual-wielder fighter at level 10, the captain, you might remember him. He was a dual-wielding lancer who was all into mounted combat and getting fuckloads of criticals, and it was amazing. So uh, he, like, dual-wields lances, and then he's getting, like, double or triple damage on charge attacks. Yeah, Suddenly and then crits, I, I crit-build him, too, so he got crits... I think at that level he got crits on... 16 or 17 or something and then the 20th level build i did for him later i got crits on like a fucking four or some bullshit (laughs) it's just mad what fucking cheese i did on that character and it was it was great that was a that was a dumb but that that was a dumb but fun set of like characters Mm -hmm. 20th level DD characters are basically fucking superheroes anyway uh Mm -hmm. Today's beer of the week is Yeti Imperial Stout, which is another local one from us. This is from Great Divide. I don't know if you've had this one, Chris, but it's pretty good. I think I have, and I think I really enjoyed it. But yeah. I'm, I'm a fan of all things stout, so. Yeah. Especially good Imperial Stout, because I remember you were the first person that told me about Imperial Stouts, and I'm like, I never, like, I've, I think I'd heard of them, but I didn't know really what the style was about, and then I, I started getting into them, and I'm like, yes, Imperial Stouts are like everything I ever wanted. So yeah, Yeti is a really good one, and it's it's widely available, which is a rare combo. This is, this is probably a good 15 beer on our scale of 3 to 17 uh, and it's just, it's available at, like, most big liquor store. Like, you go to a little mom-and-pop shop, they keep their, you know, they probably don't have it. But, you know, you go to, like, fucking Molly's or Applejack or something, they'll probably got it, you know. It's a great uh, divide. You know them. They're one of the biggest micros out here. Micro. Like, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure if Great Divide counts as a micro anymore. They have a contract with the goddamn zoo. <laughs> Right? They, they have all of the contracts with places to make, can, can an like, actual, exclusive like, beer. Can beer expert 
tell us if uh, micro still applies because micro does microbrewery have like a specific definition? Yeah, is that like? I'm sure, it does. Yeah, probably. But like, yeah, I, that's actually I'm curious about that because like, is it a certain like bigness? Because in my mind, it's not a corporate brewery, so it's a microbrewery. But there's there should probably be a different distinction of that. In it's my so mind, there's like different tiers of micro brewery. There's like the little tiny breweries where you can literally only fucking get it there. And then there's like the breweries like GCB where it's like big enough that they can and distribute to a small area. And then there's like Great Divide, which has contracts with the goddamn zoo. I mean, I'm like Golden City Brewery is about us. <laughs> Uh, this might be shameful to say, but Golden City Brewery is about as small of a brewery as I've gotten beer from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I the, haven't the had... Brewery they're, they're Golden f- and fairly small brewery. Right, yeah. Uh, actually, there are a couple of different microbrews in Golden now, and, and GCB is still better than them. So, yeah. no offense, Mountain Toad. We like you, but you're not GCB. I mean... Being second best in a town with GCB is not—that—that's not a shameful thing, right? There's another unless one name, too. Not, Actually, I think the there's a few because I think Cannonball Creek is in uh, Golden. I've never been in there, but I drive by the tap room all the time, and I'm like, Cannonball Creek Tap Room—that sounds like a fucking badass place that makes beer. And I want to go, and then I never go because I'm always like on the way to go fishing or something, and I already have beer because this is like one of the things you stock up on before fishing season. Or, you know, you're just like, okay, time to leave the house, pack all my beer, get my can of worms, and we're ready to fish. Woo! So, uh, I'm like, Mutants and Masterminds is a good example of how long character creation and take in a system that allows you to customize it very thoroughly. There, there are not that many things that are explicitly prohibited by mutants and masterminds, mm-hmm. and the things that are, you can house rule away and, without adding com- complexity at all. Uh, and then you have systems like Hero System, where they have the same amount of complexity, or the same amount of customization, but in the Hero System... What you could do in Mutants and Masterminds in one hour will take you eight hours in Hero System. Uh, and then there's 3.5 where you have... it. I would say it's somewhat less customizable because you have the jigsaw pieces yeah. you've got to fit together. Because like, it's, it's customizable enough to be very interesting at different points. But yeah, you, you kind of have to work within parameters. And in certain editions of D&D specifically, <coughs> fourth, <coughs> you are really just kind of shoehorned down one path. You're like, I am the ranger, so I do the ranger shit. And that's it. Yeah. And fourth edition... I feel like fifth is a little less good than, than 3.5 and Pathfinder on that, because fifth edition kind of takes feats almost out of the equation. I feel like... Again, you're like, you're the fighter, you do the fighter stuff. And, like, you can multi-class, you can do some stuff like that. There's some customization within each class, but it's not as... Yeah. A lot of the mechanical customization and, like, your ability 
And also, like, kind of the personalization. We could separate, like, mechanical customization versus, like, personalization of being, like, oh, yeah, I'm making this character do, like, a unique thing. It's like, he wields this kind of weapon. Um, it takes out a lot of that, but it also, uh, it also definitely reduces character creation time. And mm. it, 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 it's definitely taking the trade-off of less customizable, but also character creation doesn't take as long. Mm -hmm. uh, and, that, and then you have games that are like very much on like the opposite end from all of these systems that we're talking about, all these customizable systems, where you get the games that are like really just fucking dead simple to make a character in. Um, like white, basic D&D is you roll your stats in order, 3d6 in order, you write them down, and you're starting gold, and you pick a character class, and that's your and you buy equipment, and that's your character, and that's it. Mm -hmm. And uh, every fighter, it, uh, every level one fighter, is pretty much like every other level one fighter. Um, like they might have slight variations in the stats because you know, 3d6 down the line, uh, but. They are, mechanically, they're going to play identically. But then again, character creation takes like five fucking minutes. It's so simple. Yeah. Um, so that's like, when I think about a game where you can like show up the night of and be like, oh, I got a system, I, I got something I could, uh, we'll run everybody through like Keep of the Borderlands as like level one characters and then if someone dies, whatever, they can roll up a character and as soon as they're done rolling them up, they can run into the middle of the dungeon. We can continue playing. Kind of stuff. Uh, so that I guess that starts tying into our how long should character creation take uh, question, which mm -hmm. we haven't been talking about so much. Right, yeah. So is there like a sweet spot of like hours spent to customization? Is, is there a good ratio? Or I don't... I, well, how, how think, would you present this question? I think 3.5 nailed probably one of the worst ratios. Yeah. Um, so 3.5 is like... It, despite... It, it's a complicated mess of the system. No matter how much I love that system, it is still... It is a fucking mess. Um, so I think the sweet spot... So there's definitely a lot of ways you can get customization up for much less time than 3.5's customization will work. Uh, in terms of how long character creation should take, uh, that depends on the gameplay style that your system kind of expects. Like, in a game like uh, Hero System or Mutants and Masterminds or whatever, characters really aren't expected to die a lot. Like... There's a lot of, like, Mutants and Masterminds has an explicitly, like, very non-lethal system. You've got a, a, you have to be put into, like, the dying state by, like, an intentional attack. So it's like, oh yeah, super villains trying to stomp on your head, or any of your friends going to stop the super villain taking that coup de gras action to put you into dying. Like, you have to explicitly be put into the dying state, and then you have to explicitly be put into the dead state. Mm -hmm. And um, Hero System usually has, like, a lot of like stun uh like like normal damage attacks 
deal a lot of stun and a little bit of body. And body is like your actual hit points and stun is like, oh, you're stunned, you're out of the fight kind of thing. Yeah. Um, not just it, 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 not to say that you can't build like lethal builds in that, but it's the less pure example, I would say. Right. But still, the expectation is characters don't die very often, so it's okay to have them take longer to generate. I like how Jerahim just like kind of ignores me while I'm running around the room gathering hearts. It's like, okay, <laughs> whatever, man. Teleporting around. What a dick. Yeah. He's just kind of an annoying boss fight. It's. Ah. So a I lot of his say, mechanics are annoying, I think. I, I would say that, um, in basic, the fact that characters take five minutes to make uh, is important because it comes up a lot. Yeah. Because characters die so often. <clears throat> it's like. Oh no, your first level had the had the bad uh, fighter died. Uh, whatever. Here's another character cheat. Roll 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 the dice again, I guess. Mm -hmm. now, hopefully this guy will live longer. Right. <laughs> uh, feel free to enter the dungeon soon as uh, soon as you made that character. So I think that's I think Character creation should be trimmed down to take a shorter period of time, if you can. Uh, but if your game is going for something like, it's like the more like if your game is going for something more complex, or you want, or it's like necessary to add more customization for the kind of game you want to run, for the kind of game you want to make, then character creation can afford to be a bit longer. Um. Really? Was that the whole boss? Yeah, it's not a. It's it's the first boss in the game, so it's not all that bad. It's just a few annoying mechanics, and and he comes back later with, uh, like more mechanics and and more being an annoying douche. Okay. Uh, I'm like so, yeah. So, that was um, the first dungeon. Now, uh, you you've watched me stream the whole first dungeon, which I thought would be a better entry point because I feel like everybody's probably streaming Skyward Sword today. Like every streamer, that's like big, uh, and and they're all starting from the start. And and I skipped all that boring bullshit because it's like it's like ninety percent dialogue. So you're 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 welcome. Yeah, I, I don't need to. I don't need to see that. Yeah. Uh, Let see. us know if you like us streaming Skyward Sword. I'll, I'll stream it more if, if, if people are interested. So, I have been running that new system that I feel like character creation takes, rather than taking five minutes, it might take ten minutes. Uh -huh. But also characters are expected to live quite a bit longer due to the dismemberment mechanics. Yeah. Um... Plug in my own unreleased system here that may never get released, depending on what what I do in my life. But uh, right, speaking of unreleased systems, I was gonna <laughs> I was gonna bring ours up. System. Yeah, because we we have invented a system which I have been working on here and there, and and trying to get ready for eventual. I would like to publish it at some point. Uh, you know, just just see how it does. Uh, 
I'd, I'd, I'd really like to get, you know, like a, a, like really do it up with artwork and all that kind of stuff and, and, and make something of it. Uh, I, I, I don't know if it will be like hugely successful, but we'll probably be another one of those artists in that, you know, the indie tabletop scene making something neat for people to enjoy. Um, but I think we struck a really good balance of make characters in five or ten minutes and have almost limitless customization because I have been hard-pressed to find some kind of crazy thing uh, that I cannot create in this system. Uh, yeah, I think the mechanical customization is... it. it in terms of striking a balance in terms of mechanical customization, I think that ends up uh, striking real, uh, really good balance in terms of like mm -hmm. time from character creation to play. Uh, it's real damn fast. Yeah. Um, real quick, David Nystrom is in the chat. Uh, he's been a guest on the podcast before, and, and he's a pretty cool dude. Um, real quick, I got a question for David if you're still watching. Um, I was wondering if it would be li like, I don't know how much under wraps the thing I'm currently working on with him is, or if I should plug that, because I, I think it's a really cool project I'm working with him. So uh, let us know in the chat there, David, if you're still watching here. Um, but yeah um our system i i feel like strikes like the best balance that i've seen not to toot my own horn but totally at the same time tooting my own fucking horn it's like i i created a thing a set of mechanics that you can apply any flavor to and and it works in my opinion as far as i have been able to tell through as much playtesting as we've done which has admittedly not been enough <laughs> I gotta say, for anyone still listening, that that thing where you guys tweet me character like superhero character concepts, and I put them together. The first four people to tweet me superhero con character concepts that you know, like fr from people that you know, I I don't think are trash. Uh, <laughs> uh I'll I'll be making them into characters in the super simple system, and uh, Sean will be running a session of that. Or, uh, I'll voice them on Sean and be like, here, Sean, you gotta run this. He'll make the characters. And then yeah, either way, session. yeah, because, uh, like, just come up with any kind of wacky, hilarious bullshit you can. Tweet at us, or, or pop it in the comments here, and, and we will, we will do it. Actually, we should get around to that. That'll be a hilarious episode. Um, yeah. so, yeah, and if you don't do it, then, uh, I'm gonna, like, create a D100 table or something of just stupid-ass superpowers and roll on it live as part of the thing. Uh, I might do one character like that anyway if nobody tweets at us or, or something. Uh, that that actually sounds fucking hilarious. I'm going to do that. But, yeah, uh, so David Nystrom says, plug away, sir. So I'm going to plug something that I'm working on with him real quick. So David Nystrom has come on. He, he is a fantastic fan fiction writer over on Zelda Dungeon. You can find his stuff uh, as well as it's on other places. Um, 
look up uh, The Era Without a Hero. You can follow it on... He's got a Twitter account for that and stuff, uh, as well as it's on the Fan Fiction Fridays on ZeldaDungeon.net. Uh, so check that out. And we are going to be doing a recording of that. I am going to be one of the uh, voice artists for the uh, audio version of his fan fiction, which is uh, super exciting for me because uh, I've always been interested in voice work and different things. I've done little bits here and there for different little indie projects. So I'm glad to be helping out a buddy. Uh, and uh, so... Yeah, it's it's going to be a real cool project. So look out. I'll I'll tell you all when when that's all releasing and things. Um, and uh, you can also follow at Dave Wayne zero nine on Twitter. He'll probably be plugging it whenever it ends up releasing, as well as uh, the Era Without a Hero Twitter. Look up the Era Without a Hero. I I forget the exact tag for that. Uh, Dave might put it on the comments below. Oh my God! Somebody's joining the podcast. Is it Dave? It's Dave. It's Dave. It's fucking Dave. Woohoo! Hold on. I I have to I have to make the uh uh all all of the windows the right size. Yeah, hold on. Let's cut off your head. Yeah, yeah. But hooray, Dave is here. Let me let me just edit this all on the fly. I I've been meaning to like make separate pages for like two and three person podcasts and I haven't got around to it. So I could just like switch on the fly really quick. Uh, but I'm, I'm not a good streamer. So, hi, Dave. How you doing? Enemy of professionalism. All right. How you guys doing? Pretty good. Just playing some Skyward Sword and drinking beer. So, you know, it's yep. not, doesn't get much better than that. You know, I mean, not, not usually. I mean, depends on the Zelda game, right? I, I have opinions about this game, but I know you do. <laughs> yeah, we we've we've talked about that a ton before. Uh, you've been playing any of the HD uh, today, Dave? Have you got that today? I did not actually get it. I um I made the executive decision that because I just played it in February, um, and that I didn't have a problem with the Wii version. I didn't need it right now, so I didn't want to try to fight for. Well, I had to get it opening day. I figured it's not going anywhere. It's not like Mario All Stars or anything like that that's going to be taken off the shelves right, yeah. for months. So I'm not in any rush to get it. That's fair. In, yeah, I was to GameStop tomorrow to see if I can get if there's any amiibo left over that somebody didn't pick up or whatever, and see if it's something that I can get my hands on. But that's it. Yeah, that'd be pretty sweet because I, I looked around when I was at GameStop. I picked it up and I was like, you got any extra Amiibos? No, there's no. And uh, I went over to Target actually because GameStop gives you a really badass poster uh, if you pre-ordered it. That like, yeah. like they do good posters anyways, but this one's super badass. Like Link is all embossed and popping off the page in, in the yeah. – uh, poster and, and everything i'm like this is super awesome uh and it, it reminded me that i have a like a ton of GameStop posters that i have from different pre-orders that i haven't put up so i i got them now and i'm like gonna get some but yeah i went to target and i i looked by their amiibos but i was mostly there to get a, a frame for this poster because it's so cool uh right. but unfortunately all the frames at target were like totally the wrong size they they have like two sizes of poster frames and they're both way too big i'm like eh, that's lame but, sorry if i if i camera is weird or anything i'm i figured i would just pop in and i'm down here playing some rocket league late at night 
Yeah, no problem. Because I I was playing Smash, and then I was getting destroyed, so I gave up on that. Right, yeah. That's fair. I I, I have times like that in online games. I, I haven't played a ton online lately. Like I, I, I don't play a lot of online games anyways, but every now and then I'm like, I'm going to get in an online, some, play some Halo, play some Splatoon, something like that. Just right. going after bathwater, I guess. I rarely play Smash Online because, like, it's so inconsistent of like whether you'll get somebody who has good. Because I have a good Wi-Fi connection, and that right. works. But uh, like, it's not as good as a good like Ethernet connection. And so many people must have like total shit Wi-Fi or, or total shit internet or something in the Smash Bros online because it's oh, yeah. I always have problems every t- every time I'm like I thought like maybe one day I'll invest in the in the adapter and just like hardwire it in but I was like no with as inconsistent as it is I don't think it's like a big problem with my yeah. Wi-Fi like I I've I, I bought this new badass Wi-Fi router and it's it's you know it's awesome and fast and shit and I'm like I don't think that's the primary issue right I think it's mostly other people trying to get on with like a really shitty Wi-Fi connection in an area that has really shitty internet something like yep. that and it's it's so weird too because it's like Nintendo is also running Splatoon and Splatoon online works 100% of the time with no issues. Right. And I don't understand how this is the same developer working on this. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Because, like, I've... So, yeah, I have... I Since I moved, I have not been able to use the, like, get on, like, quick play or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's been really frustrating like as i go in like eh, okay i'd like to play a few matches see if i can eventually hit that mark where i get into into um like elite smash because that was my goal from the beginning was i wanted to get into elite smash with my main mm-hmm. it just never happened it hasn't happened yet but now every time i try to go into quick play i can't so i've just been popping into like public arenas with one person in it and then going in there and getting just decimated mm. and feeling bad and, yeah that's the problem is because like when you finally find an opponent with good internet and whatever it's like some like hardcore super player that just like meteor smashes you off the stage like five times in a row and you're like damn it stop it yeah it's 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 frustrating yeah so are we uh are we done with our topic um yeah i think so uh real quick we do have another thing to plug upcoming at some point we haven't like decided a hard date on this at yet but uh at some point we're also going to do a actual play of the tabletop rpg based on the era without a hero uh uh dave and i've been vaguely talking about that so watch out for that upcoming at some point as well because i think that'll be a fun time because we always like zelda tabletops yep yeah um, My wife was the uh, the guinea pig for it a few months back, or about actually about a year ago now, and it went fine until it was going fine until she had to fight a Malduga, and I gave it way too much HP, and she was way under leveled for that, and so it was like an hour of just rolling dice trying to kill it, 
eventually I just made stuff up and was like, yeah, you uh, you, you broke it in half. Your yeah. Goron character did that. <laughs> I'm going to ask this Kikweed just who the fuck is he? Just like, yeah, I forgot you. Who are you? <laughs> what do you mean, who am I? I'm your buddy Machi, now I'm sad. <laughs> Sorry, bro. Now that I'm going through this again, I'm just like choosing all the dickhead answers. Just like, who are you? It's all t I'm, t I'm trying to get to my quest. Shut up. Stop talking, Goron, man. <laughs> I actually like Gorko. He's a really cool character in this game. Oh, yeah. If pretty much any character in that game that has a G for the name other than the bad guy is pretty cool. Right. So, Gorko and Groose and... Groose. Are we Gary. now in the uh, part of the podcast where we're just talking about random bullshit? Yeah, I guess that moves us on to our final segment here, doesn't it? Uh, so we plug our various things and then talk about inane bullshit until somebody says something really awkward and I cut off the podcast. Uh, so, hey. yeah. Uh, so, Dave's here. Uh, Dave, Hello. plug your stuff as long as you're here. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DaveWayne09, or if you're just interested in my uh, Zelda story, The Arrow Without a Hero, you can follow that at Zelda Tewa, which I'm too focused on car soccer to think of how to think of all the actual letters in that acronym. Um, it's just the letters for The Arrow Without a Hero. Um, yeah. You can find it. You can find the story itself on fanfiction.net or zeldadungeon.net. Um, has a lot of it as well. Yeah. Chris, you got anything to plug this week? Uh, nope. I'll, I'll plug it next week, or the week after that. Alright, yeah. Uh, there will not be a podcast next week, by the way, uh, because I am going to Disneyland! Because oh. apparently that's a thing. Um... Yeah, so I'm going to save right Woo. here, and then we'll, we'll call that blast. good for our Skyward Sword stream for the night, um, and then we'll just talk about inane bullshit. So now I can actually, because I, I, while I'm playing Skyward Sword, I cannot actually hold my mouse button over the Stop Podcast button in in case somebody says something really awkward. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drink some more beer, because I have not drunk enough beer, because I mostly, like, drank a little bit of my rum here, and then, like, Got got distracted by Skyward Sword most of the night. Um, so got to play Skyward Sword most of the night. I did. Which, uh, that was okay. Um, so yeah, so I'm reason, liking this remake so far. Uh, go ahead, Chris. Is there just a reason you couldn't use your feet for for hitting the stop button? Oh, for hitting the stop. I I was like, that's, I can't drink beer with my feet, Chris. That I mean, maybe I could. Hold on, hold on, hold on. If you if you bring Hold up on. both of your... Okay. Hold on. Alright. Hold on. <laughs> Challenge oh, fucking accepted. That. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. I am not as flexible as I once was. Can I get my... I can hold the beer with my feet. <laughs> Getting my feet to my head is the, is the issue here. Fuck. Do you have a straw? <laughs> uh, not nearby. <laughs> hmm. Well, that sucks. Yeah, I, 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 at one point I was flexible enough. Like, I bet I could get one foot to my face, right? Excuse me? 
There you go. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, that's yeah. Both feet just just uh, apparently not happening. I'm I'm an old fart now. Put my background back where it was. <laughs> now you know this illusion here is is not really an it's it's actually a big ass map of Hyrule. So. Well, that's probably the worst thing I put on the internet. Me trying to drink beer with my feet. No, me drink, me drinking some coffee with my feet. Ah, oh, I didn't see it. Do I have to catch the replay, or am I gonna make you you'll, do it again? You'll have to catch the replay. Okay, I have to drink because I missed that shit. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm actually very happy generally with how the Joy Cons work with the uh, with the Skyward Sword here. Um. It's, uh, again, like I said this earlier, but uh, the only issue I'm running into is is I have to reset the gyro every so often. Um, like if I, you know, send out my beetle or whatever, then, then I'm having to, to reset the uh, reset the gyro. But again, it's it's like it's one button and, and you reset. So it's, it's not that bad. Um, that was in yeah, the original. That was an issue occasionally, but I feel like it wasn't as much in the original. But I also haven't played the original in years, uh, so because I was actually thinking of like replaying Skyward Sword, like you, Dave, um, mm. like right before they announced this remake, and I was like, okay, I'm not dragging out my Wii. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> Because I still have my Wii, although I had a, I, I got a thing actually. I was gonna start streaming Wii and and GameCube games on the podcast because I got a little dongle that I can plug into the back of my Wii and then I could plug an HDMI cable out, and I was like, that is super cool. Then I can stream all my GameCube games, all my Wii games. But then I put in, uh, I put in some game or another. Oh, I I I remember it was I put in Fire Emblem. Path of Radiance, which I have a GameCube copy of, which I am super ecstatic that I have a GameCube copy of because they are fucking expensive. They're like three hundred bucks for used copies now, and you I was have like, more years than you could pay for a college with that." Right? Yeah, almost. Yeah, unless they, you know, port it to Switch, and then nobody will give a fuck anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like. Do I want them to port it to Switch or not? Nah, what I want is for it to go like into this crazy ass Mario sixty four for a hundred for one point five million, get up to that level, then I can sell it, and then they port it to Switch so I can still play it. That would didn't, be like perfect. Didn't that get beat out by something like <laughs> Double Dragon two now too? Like an old NES version of that sold for like more than that. I haven't heard about a Double Dragon one. The last one I heard... Because there was two of them right in a row. Because the original Zelda. Super Mario Brothers was a few months ago that... Right. I think it was like back in April, sold for like 600000 And then a Zelda 1 copy sold like last week. We were talking about it on the podcast last week. It was yeah. for... 800,000 it beat the record and then this week like it was like two days later a mario 64 copy sold for 1.5 mil and we were just like what the absolute fuck this is insanity man so i have not heard about a double dragon out doing that yet but it was like some obscure like it wasn't even like the original it was like double dragon 2 on the snes or something (laughs) like that 
Huh. I thought I heard something about that. Maybe I'm. Yeah, maybe it was a big seller or something, but I don't. I think the world record holder is still the Mario 64. But, you know, that's such a weird ass thing that it sold for that fucking much. Because we were talking about this earlier. The last highest selling Mario 64 cartridge, again, was a complete in box, you know, original 1996 or whatever. And right. graded very slightly lower, like point one points low. I think it was nine point six instead of nine point seven, uh, or some, what did I say earlier? I forget. One point uh, eight. Yeah, something like that. So it's like point one points lower, and it sold for like thirty thousand dollars, which is a big ass chunk of money. But it's not one and a half fucking million. No. So like, what's going on here, man? Used games are fucking crazy. Does anybody want to buy my... <laughs> Will anybody give me $1.5 million for my Fire Emblem game? Let me know in the comments below if you will give me $1.5 million for that. That is a price I will sell that for. $300, I've, like, considered it and then been like, no, I want to play this game. Damn it. Yeah. Path of Radiance is fucking amazing. If you sell it for 1.5 million then you can just buy a bunch of them for 300 dollars sell them all for 1.5 million i'm rich already my my scheme has worked as soon as somebody buys the first one for 1.5 million yep it like legit i think if if they pay me if somebody pays me 1.5 million i'm gonna take that 1.5 million i'm gonna buy a house and then I'm going to take the rest of that money and I'm going to invest it. I'm going to like like write a letter to Nintendo like I will give you all of this money to help fund porting this fucking game to Switch. So if somebody buys my Fire Emblem game for 1.5 million dollars, we, we will all win. get yes, we all win. We will get Fire Emblem Path of Radiance on Switch. I'll ask them nicely if they'll include Radiant Dawn in that too cuz Radiant Dawn is like I feel like it's an underrated like gem. It's like everybody gives it shit for not being as good as Path of Radiance, but like no Fire Emblem game is as good as Path of Radiance. In my opinion, no tactics-based RPG is as good as Path of Radiance. That is my favorite fucking one. See, I never got to play those. I need to I wish I had the opportunity to at some point. Yeah. So somebody buy your copy for 1.5 million so we can get it on the Switch. Yeah, then Dave Dave wins. So you are supporting Dave by buying my fucking Fire Emblem games, right? Oh, Hell yeah. Everyone listening to this sends me $1 per dollar they have. I'll be rich in no time. Oh, I just missed. If I sent you $1 per dollar I had, you would. I'd probably still have to pay you in beer. Is anybody yeah. taking you up on your stick figure? Uh, no, nobody's told me. Talk me. So, so that's a thing that I, I'm, I'm, I'm technically serious about. Literally, uh, I, I posted this a few days ago. Um, if you want to commission me for artwork, I will give you shitty stick figure artwork of anything you request for one dollar or one beer. So, yeah, hit me up. I'll give you. I'll give you all the shitty artwork you want. I have seen his shitty stick figure art. It is definitely Kingdom of Loathing quality. Thank you does, so it, much. It has a man wielding a sword that 
can also be smoked as a pipe, where he sticks the sword in. I'm not sure. Maybe his butt. <laughs> 